G'day, everybody. G'day, everybody. Welcome to episode two of the Good Day podcast. <laughs> Reporting live from New Zealand. We are in Auckland. Yes, we had a long stint in Australia, but we had to leave the country. <laughs> yeah, yeah, not that long. But actually, we would have arrived like a good two weeks earlier, three weeks earlier, if we didn't move our flight. So that was kind of like, we always knew we'd go to New Zealand quickly because it gets colder here faster and hopefully Tasmania as well but yeah we kind of arrived a little bit later than we were planning on to Australia so now we are here in New Zealand very quickly after we arrived in in Australia yes and Maxie's already saying like don't you miss home and then she's just talking about Australia not Brantford <laughs> I mean, to me, it kind of feels like home because I did a whole semester there five years ago. Yeah, but so we left Zolly, the dog sitting job over there in Sydney, and our next sitting job is in two weeks for a cat right outside of Queenstown, New Zealand. So that's like the really cool spot in southern New Zealand. And now we're meeting up with some of Maxie's friends um, in... Outside Hamilton. of yeah, Hamilton. So we'll do some Lord of the Rings exploration. We're gonna go to Hobbiton and <laughs> shout out to Dan Boris. We're gonna go to Hobbiton. Corey's been trying to force feed me Lord of the Rings movies since yes. we've been here. I'd love it. I'd love every second of it. So all I'm trying to see in New Zealand is all the the Lord of the Rings locations and trying to go to Mordor. So I might try and uh, hike up to the mountain. <laughs> Yeah, so we didn't know exactly when we were going to go. I think we knew we were going to come in February to New Zealand, hopefully. Um, or March, if we went to Tasmania first. But we had the Zolly, the dog-sitting job. That ended on the 28th, so we decided to just book our flights to New Zealand and do Auckland for a few days, then go to Faye and stay with her family and get the real, like, Kiwi culture. Yeah, because Auckland seems like a ton. The city's really cool. It's like very nice, very clean, very walkable. But there seems to be just like very tourist heavy. Like I don't even know if I've met any locals just talking to random people here. It, it's just so many foreigners, I think. Yeah. I actually really like the city. Faye told me it was going to be underwhelming. And I am pleasantly surprised. But... There's so many tourists. I don't understand. Like, I don't know why people are in Auckland, New Zealand. It's not really close. It's the furthest you could be away from all the cool stuff in New Zealand. Yeah. And, uh, I don't know. It's got a cool history, too. There's been, uh, I've picked up this book at a bookshop that's called Mysteries of New Zealand, and there's some good, uh, juicy stories about a couple murders that are unsolved in New Zealand and stuff, and Auckland, actually, right down the street from where we're living right <laughs> now, but... It's a cool space. I would probably live here, but I also, it would be like 10th on my list of places I would live. I would live on the islands off of Auckland. Yeah, the islands off of Auckland. It's called like Waikiki or something like that. Waikiki, I think. Waikiki. And who knew Auckland was a tropical paradise? Yeah, it's amazing. It is just absolutely gorgeous here. Like, reminds us of like the Virgin Islands and just the Caribbean it's insane so much like St. John but with like a good bus system with like normal people hopping on and off the bus again we love the bus systems down here um and 
it's just, I don't know, just like nice houses on this lush island. It's amazing and it's not far from the mainland and it's so easy to get to. You just hop on the city ferry two seconds before it leaves. It's just, I love it. Yeah, it's so nice. Like the transport system they have here is unmatched. Well, like Australia and here are very good, um, but just so nice to ha just get on a random island and there's like four buses that operate every 10 minutes going anywhere on the island. But yeah. that was nice to see. And It honestly is one of my top favorite islands I've ever been on from mm -hmm. literally all the islands. Yeah. It's amazing. I love it. And we got really sunburned there because we did not expect New Zealand to be tropical and hot. We really thought it was kind of a cold place. Yeah, did, did not expect that. The water was so clear, though, and gorgeous. Very nice. But some further things we can expect from us in New Zealand is right now we are going to head south. Heading south. Shout out Zach Bryan. Uh, <laughs> and Gabe. Yeah, and we're going to do a pretty big hike, 60 kilometers or like I think 28 miles, something like that. It's going to be three nights, four days, and you have to book in advance. So we booked all our campsites and stuff. Um, and it's in the Abel Tasman National Park. Abel Tasman was a Dutch explorer who was one of the first Europeans to come to um, New Zealand. He never landed because the Maori people, he tried to get close and then the Maori people um, came out and met them in little boats. The two arriving parties met and then the Maori people just killed the Europeans. What? And so Abel Tasman never landed in New Zealand, but James Cook. Wait, did he die? No, he just sent, like, people to the shore oh, okay. to get, like, water and stuff, and just the Maori people killed them. I don't know if I'm saying Maori people, whatever. Yeah, New Zealand, the language is so hard to pronounce. Yeah, there's so many uh, vowels everywhere. But, um... Well, they speak English, but the natives speak, like, Maori. Maori. Maori I don't know how I say it, but... Yes, that's the story of this, the trail name. And it's 60 kilometers just along the coast through some beautiful beaches, and that's our first hike. And my favorite part about this is that uh, we were just Googling things to do in New Zealand, and this popped up as like a three-night hike or three-to-five-night hike. And we asked my friend Faye if she'd be down to do it with us, and she was just like, I think you have to plan that months and months and months in advance to reserve a camps campsite because New Zealand is very strict about like who's camping or staying where and like you have to plan it in advance and book online yeah, so like for even, example, if, even if we wanted to do the hike in like two nights instead of three nights we can't because like you have to reserve which campsite you're planning on being at so yeah she, luckily she was down but sorry Corey yeah this is one of New Zealand's great walks I think there's 10 of them and like the most popular is the Milford Sound one where you see the magical mountains and stuff and only 40 people a day are allowed to start that. So that one is like where you have to book like a year in advance to do. And obviously we are not that kind of travelers. So no. we're doing the one that, and we might do another one that is similar, but less popular than the Milford track. So maybe we'll be doing a bunch of hiking down in New Zealand, which will be fun. Yeah. And believe it or not, they had openings for campsites, not their huts. I guess you could stay in like a little hut with a, campground type of bed but those are mostly booked um so Faye was down to camp with us we're gonna go and buy some tents and some gear and <laughs> hopefully use it a few times this year because Corey might want to 
hike Mount Kosciuszko in Australia, the highest peak there. Yeah, checking off one of the seven summits would be a very cool thing to do back in Australia. So that would be nice. Um, yeah, but back in Sydney when we were still there, there was some entertainment happening at the house. Uh, one night, Maxie woke up in the middle of the night to some sounds. I'll let her explain it because I was sleeping. Okay, I was not sleeping. I was not... I did not wake up to it. I was wide awake on my phone and I hear... I literally heard someone come in the house. I heard like a door like jiggling and unlocking and sliding open or something like that. Basically, I heard a door and... um. So I was like, what the heck? And I, I ran through my head. I was like, okay, the front door's locked. I know it's locked. The back door's locked. I know it's locked. And we have a dog on the back porch. And so I was like, that doesn't make sense. So I listened in for a little bit and I heard like more rustling. And then I heard, I think I like tapped Corey because I heard it again, like the door again. And it literally was like a person. It was not just like a weird noise or a couple weird noises. It was the sound of a person opening a door, coming in, like moving things around, and then shutting the door and leaving. And I, oh, before this, right before this, I heard a car like come in really fast, open the door really fast. And I remember thinking like, wow, the neighbors are acting crazy at midnight. And it must have been in our driveway, the house we're staying at's driveway. And someone literally broke into the house. So I didn't understand it because I was like, I know the doors are locked. And I know that if someone was to walk into the sliding back door, they'd have to walk past the dog. So it didn't really add up in my mind what I was hearing, but I was like, I 100% hear a person. And so I woke Corey up and he was all confused because he just woke up and he was like, yeah, I don't know. Like it was probably just a sound, the doors are locked. And I was like, okay, whatever. I, I do know that the doors are locked, so I guess I'll trust it. Yeah, but then the next day we were, well, first off, this I have some doubts about it, but I can't question Maxie because she's the one who heard it. So, but the next day we walk down the stairs and on the back porch and underneath the back porch is like their basement underneath the house and the basement door is just wide open. So yeah, I was shocked because this was like 3 p.m. the next day because we didn't leave the house for a long time. We went to the grocery store. We came back as I was going up the staircase outside that I've gone up 50 times prior I noticed the door below the staircase going into the basement is wide open and when it had not been wide open any other day before that yeah so that was pretty wild to see and then that was like oh I that got me I was like oh what maybe someone did come and then like we ended up checking out the basement and there was just really nothing in there so there was like just some yard tools and not really much, but it still it was kind of creepy that the door was open, and but I don't know because the dog, no, the Corey... dog literally barks when we're a mile away from the house. He like smells us or she smells us and then starts barking and doesn't stop. So that's like, an exaggeration. But like if this if this dog would have barked if there was an intruder. I okay, think. and another suspicious thing was that Corey when he went down in the morning. She threw up, and he was like, why did she throw up? That's so weird. We've been here for like 10, 11 days. She's never done that. And also, she was weirdly calm, and we did not sedate her. 
So we were like, oh my god, that's so cute. She's being so nice and calm. So I don't know if someone threw up like a little instant sedative for her and it made her sick and like, I don't know. You never know. But she, it was suspicious, very suspicious. And I truly know that it was a person that came into the house, into the basement. Corey has his doubts. He's trying to be super logical about what it could be. But no, I, I know the sound of like a random bang that could have been from the wind, and I know the sound of a person pulling up with a car, opening car door, the sound of like the house door opening. I don't know, I know for a fact it was a person, and I really hope that nothing was stolen and we get blamed for it from the dog sitter host, but. But we also texted the dog sitter host and asked him if he left the door open, and he said he did. No, he was like, yeah, I think I did, but I mean, he's but I don't know about not. That, yeah. a, reliable source really but yeah. hopefully it's nothing hopefully and they have all their things a reason that zolly might have uh thrown up a little bit is because she had a little bit of an addiction so i don't know where she could go to talk to people about this so i'm just gonna talk to you guys about it she loved eating birds she it was her I might have been her passion in life was just to eat dead birds like most of the time that I was on a walk with her she wasn't that great of a walker so she would like pull really hard and like the house was right up on like a like a park or like a mountain biking trail so there was trails around and we would take her on the trails and sometimes she'd go poop and like off trail and she'd like run over there but other times she was just sniffing and two times she was sniffing. I was like, oh, okay, she's just going to go poop. And I look over at her, and she's got a full bird in her mouth. And I try and take it away from her because I'm like, I don't want you to eat a bird, dog. So I try, and she, like, tries snapping at me because she's, like, so food crazy. But she had a little bit of a bird addiction, and... Um, that wasn't that good. But in my head, I was like, it's probably okay to eat birds for a dog. Because, like, the bones are hollow or whatever, and they're so light. So, I, she was fine. But it was just wild to see a dog just munching on birds left and right. I just want the record to be known that she did not eat the bird the day before. This was, like, after. <laughs> yeah. So, it had nothing to do with that. But the bird problem was a big problem. Yeah. <laughs> also, don't know why there were so many dead, dead birds, birds off everywhere. to the side of the trails. Yeah, it's crazy. I don't um, want to know. And also, well, we'll get into the wildlife later, but... Yeah. Um, Australia Day. Yeah, we experienced Australia Day and Auckland Anniversary in the same yeah. weekend. So we're really getting our national pride of the days of these Oceania countries in. Oh, and we met a great guy. Um, so on Australia Day, yeah. how we started the day was we went down to Manly Beach and we watched the 7 a.m. Bold and Beautiful swim team. Not a team, but just like a group Thousands of people. Thousands of people. Thousands. Yeah. It was so many people. So this, every single day, this group does a 1.5 kilometer swim from Manly Beach to Shelly Beach. And... You can watch them, or you can participate. You need a pink swim cap. Well, you don't need it, but they all I think they give them out. Yeah. They say bold and beautiful on them. And I think on Australia Day, just more people participated, because why not? It's a holiday. 
So we went down and so many people were there. It was really fun to watch. And while we were there, we met some American guy that's been in Australia for 30, 30 years. years. Yeah. yeah, and he was really cool. We were bonding with him about things. And he sound, he was very well connected. He was Yeah, at one point we were talking. Well, first he was like, oh, well, we asked him what brought him over. And he's like, oh, yeah, Morgan Stanley asked me to open up a Oceana firm or an, or Asian, an Asian one. An Asian firm there. And they decided to base the headquarters for him to run in Sydney. So already off the bat, this guy is like a hot shot. And then we get talking to him more. And he's like, oh, yeah, I'm like a member of the community board here and there and just he's like some lifeguard and then at one point he's like yeah my my friend was a prime minister actually he was one of the good ones yeah and our australian friends told us there was like only four notable prime ministers like one guy who like pooped himself in In a mcdonald's McDonald's. yeah (laughs) and another guy who has the record for chugging the fastest beer (laughs) <laughs> and then I forget the other guys that they mentioned, but those are like their notable prime ministers here in Australia. Yeah, so who knows? But he was a cool guy, and we went out on Australia Day to like downtown Sydney and went to took, Opera Bar. Yeah, the and Opera it was Bar. Packed. We thought we were entering a music festival. We had to go through multiple security checkpoints where they checked your bag over and over, and it was not that efficient, but it was really fun and there were fireworks that yeah. were right at the opera house so opera yeah. bar was fun had some aperol spritz so we were kind of getting into it with some of the locals about we're not getting into it but we were asking uh maxi's friends um, we went with cam and sam <laughs> yes so the political dilemma of australia day kind of like columbus day and uh, indigenous people's day is like the indigenous people of Australia don't really... Well, I don't even know it's them. I think it's people think that Australia Day shouldn't be celebrated just because it's like colonizing of Australia. But there's the other side saying we have to be proud of being in Australia. So we were kind of trying to get the vibe of the crowd. And because one of... Because Cam was saying that like he had a friend that wouldn't even say Australia Day and would get mad at you for drinking a beer on... Australia Day. Yeah, because they call it Invasion Day. I guess it's the day that, like, the white people arrived in Australia and stole the land from the natives, which may be true, but, like, I don't know. Who am I to say? So well, we're going to just different opinions on, on the subject, and it seems pretty much like people want to celebrate Australia Day, and the other side of it's it... It's like 4th of July. Like, yeah. how could you not celebrate that during the summer with fireworks? It's fun. Yeah, and the other side says they like Australia Day, they just want the day to be changed, and the... The guy the, we met on the beach. Yeah, the guy we met on the beach was like, the best day to be changed to would be May 8th. May 8th. May 8th. May. <laughs> uh, so. <laughs> so, who knows, but Australia Day is a really fun holiday for them, just like our 4th of July. And yeah. one of the highlights of my week was, I think I woke up to a <laughs> yeah. follow request, not request, a follow from Corey's 92-year-old grandma, <laughs> Mai, on Instagram. I think that I may have left my Facebook audience in the dark with some posts i have not posted on facebook i posted instagram stories and some in an instagram reel which does not go to facebook so my my facebook audience has been 
trying to check in with me. It's hard to get SMS texts here. And I wake up to a follow on Instagram from my favorite 92-year-old. Yes. So that made and she my didn't whole even week. follow me. Yes. So <laughs> all my family is starting to follow Maxie. Like people who don't have Instagram, like my aunts, my, uh, my 92-year-old grandma, who is like, she's Facebook savvy and... Well, she has two Facebooks and doesn't know which one she's on ever. True. But, <laughs> but she's always online on Facebook. So now she follows Max, but not me. So that's kind of offensive. Yeah, I don't know if Alex helped her set it up or what. Because she was only following Alex, Alex's business account, and me. And then she <laughs> added, she followed a few more accounts. And that was my business account and Darielle. <laughs> and then I got a follow from Auntie Chris and Darielle. So, but none of these people follow me, <laughs> so that's kind of annoying. I don't think they're following your sister either, but yeah, but just don't feel too bad. Um, yeah. but yeah, that was a fun highlight of the week, and we've been that going to awesome. a ton of since we don't like. Well, right now in New Zealand, we haven't like we don't have a kitchen in this Airbnb, but we soon will. Uh, in our next place, we're staying, so we've been going out to eat a ton, and in Australia too, we go out to eat a ton and. So as you know, in Australia, there is no tipping. You don't have to tip anybody. And that kind of leads to different um, experiences at restaurants. And there's like two, well, there's just a whole different system from America. Like in America, you give them your card, they run away with it, charge you, come back. And then you got to sign the thing, add the tip or whatever. And in Australia and New Zealand, there seems to be two different kinds of methods of payment. The first is just completely interactionless, where you walk up, like, scan the QR code. Well, you don't even talk to a hostess. You Are just you, like self seat. You seat yourself, and that's been kind of awkward because like we're standing there waiting for someone to greet us, and then they come up to me like, "Oh, just go find a seat." Yeah. And then you scan a QR code, order everything online, pay online, and then the, the food just comes out. And if you order appetizers, they just bring it with your meal. Yeah. Which is absolutely terrible. That is unacceptable. Yeah. It's so an the, appetizer for a reason. So we've been trying to decide which is the best system. Oh, and the other system is basically just like you get seated, you get served, you have a server like normal, but then you just walk up to the counter at the end. Like in, I feel like in America, like there's some diners that are like that where you just pay at the counter and then you leave. Um, but... I don't know. There's been some pros and cons to each system. Like the QR code, like if you don't want to talk to anyone, like that, that's that's fine. Like you don't have to talk to anybody. But it kind of leads for like, I don't know, not the best service. Like Maxie was saying, the the food you have to like, we have to order our drinks separately so they all didn't come out at once, and I, it's kind of a hassle. But like, yeah. It is what it is. No, I, I definitely like the American system better. I saw a reel of some British girl making fun of how Americans do it. And yeah, it is kind of annoying. Like, the way we pay is... It could just be like they bring over the POS system and you tap your card and you pay and tip on there. Or I don't know. I don't know the best way to do it. But in Australia and New Zealand, it is so impersonal and we've tried to hack the system by like ordering our drinks first and then ordering our appetizer next and then ordering our dinner and but that's three different transactions through a website on your phone it's just so impersonal and then obviously they're not making tips but like they're getting paid a lot higher salaries than in the u.s so 
they should put a little effort in. Yeah, I think some positives to the QR payment online is first, when you're done, just leave. Like, you don't have to wait for the bill, that like awkward, like wave to the waitress, like, can I get the check? You know, doing the hand signal check. Um, but there's that. So, like, when you're done eating, you just leave and you're fine. Like, that's, that's cool. And another good thing is, um, like, splitting checks. Like, that when you're out to dinner with other people, there's no, like, oh, let me put this on my card or, like, you guys want to Venmo me. But it's just, like, you and your group order separately. And on the apps, I guess, like, within orders of, like, two minutes, they come out at the same time. Yeah, like, our friends, Cam and Sam, who date each other, they ordered before us. At, on Australia Day through their phone and then we had to order it came out around the same time but it's just so awkward like imagine because we were still thinking about what we wanted and they had already placed their order like five minutes earlier yeah and then I don't know I, I'm still undecided on what system I like better but it's kind of interesting to just see the difference. I mean, I definitely like America's system better just because, like, going out to eat is an experience. It's not about, like, if you don't want to interact with people, then just, like, do an online order that you just pick up at the corner of, like, a bar of a restaurant and you just grab it and go. But, like, going out to eat is a whole experience. Like, you should be able to say hi to your waitress. You don't have to have a conversation. And, like, waiting for the bill usually doesn't take that long i mean sometimes it does but yeah but it's like the a different experience. yeah the different systems in australia and new zealand are kind of annoying because like you never really know what you what you're gonna get or how it's gonna work so yeah that is what it you is you gotta figure out like oh is this one of the pay at the counter places or is this what is this yeah and sometimes then, they come to your table and let you tap your card yeah they do but oh enough of that it's too boring yeah <laughs> <laughs> So the beach we went to, well, at one of the restaurants, we were talking to the locals or the waitress, and she was from the island, I think she said, and we're like, oh, what beaches should we go to? And she had a pretty thick accent, and one of the beaches that were like right below the restaurant, she was like, don't go to this beach because it's got, uh, we couldn't really understand her. No, it was... (laughs) It was a small beach off to the side below the restaurant, but there was a big beach right below the restaurant that was... Nice. She was like, that one's okay. Yeah, but she was like saying something like, oh, there's eco-ecology, eco... Ecosystem. Yeah, and we're like, what? And then eventually... I was like, there's sharks at that beach? And she was like, no, eco... She was like, there's E. coli at that beach. No New Zealander would swim there. And we're like, oh my God. (laughs) <laughs> no, I, I still left that restaurant not knowing what she said, but Corey explained it to me that there was E. coli. Yeah, so she recommended going to a different beach called Palm Beach where we went, and it was absolutely gorgeous, like Caribbean-esque, clear water, so nice. And we were walking around on the beach, and we are like, oh, let's go check out like one end and swim to the other end because for Strava, I only do things for Strava. I'm only on this trip for Strava just to get my world map more. But (laughs) (laughs) so when you were swimming away from me too fast, why didn't you just tell me you were doing everything for Strava? (laughs) That's just is what it is. That's my life. But we walked down to one side of the beach and we're like, oh, this is nice because the beach was like a horseshoe shape. And there was like just basically a rock. It's all like volcanic rock. So there was 
like a rock tower with some pathways splitting the beach in half. And so we walked through, so you can't really see one side from the other. And we walked to the other side and we're like, oh my God, that dude's naked. And then we look like a Like standing up, walking towards us naked. Yeah. Not just naked in the distance. Old man to like yeah. 75 mm-hmm. and up. And then we look around and be like, oh my God, there's another naked person. Oh my God, there's so many naked people. This is a naked side of the beach. <laughs> and we're like... The nudie beach. Yeah, so we found a nudie beach, uh, low-key nudie beach. Um, and I don't think other people knew it was a nude beach either because there was like groups of younger guys walking to and they were like, we, we were leaving that side and as they were coming in and they were like, oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> Just we heard some funny reactions from the, from the people walking over who didn't realize, it like was, us, that it was a nude beach. Very shocking. Some big bums over yeah. there. And again, another beach incident was uh, the E. coli beach. Oh my God. On the, so um, on yeah. the ferry to the island, it's like a 40, 50 minute ferry. Um, a bunch of teenagers from New Zealand were being just wild and loud and silly and annoying, really, to all the adults. And they were just, I don't know, just, just causing being a teenagers, ruckus. Uh, Screaming, like, saying inappropriate things, thinking they're so funny. And we're like, oh, God. So we saw them later on the island after the ferry ride. Our bus that we were accidentally on was picking them all up, and they multiplied. There was, like, 10 of them on our ferry. There was, like, 30 of them that got on this bus, and they're all being so annoying on the bus. We They all shuttled in as we were sitting on the bus, and we picked them up from the E. coli beach. beach. Yeah, so all of them were swimming at the E. coli beach. Of course. Um, but that was hilarious to see. Naturally. Just like, and then Maxie had a little bit of an uh, epiphany. She was like... No way I was like this as a teenager or like a No, I was like scared because I think I was. At least like the boys I was hanging out with probably were. Yeah, so it's just cringy to see like kids and being like, oh, that was definitely me when I was in eighth grade. Yeah, I was like these ghetto New Zealand kids. Yeah. I really think that that's just how all eighth graders are. Yeah, but another nice part of this island, well, all of this island is basically volcanoes and... One of the hikes we went on, like, five minutes outside of, like, downtown where we're staying was Mount Eden. I keep calling it Mount Etna. Yeah. Like, Italy. Just because Maxie said Etna. it at one time. So, it's Mount Etna. But it had spectacular views. And we didn't really know it was a volcano until we got up to, like, the caldera. And <laughs> it was just this Literally giant hole crater and we're like holy Full cow this thing is... it was beautiful yeah i don't know when the last time it erupted was but it used to be a like fortified settlement for um the Maori people here and there were some cool like depictions of just like walls and houses and it was it was pretty cool the hike was amazing great views yeah it was sunset when we went so and then we went to a little like kind of rooftop bar overlooking a marina facing the Auckland Bridge for the Auckland anniversary. They had a little light show on the bridge. Yeah, that was that was But Mount Eden was amazing. Like I just told Corey, like we should go here for the sunset time of night. Yeah. And when we got up there I was just very impressed. I did not really look at the pictures online. I just thought it'd be a cool nearby hike. It was sick. 
And that beach we went to, Palm Beach, honestly might be the best beach I've ever gone to. And like the tide was just perfect. Or not the tide, but the swells. Barely any waves. Yeah. And it was so clear. I yeah, loved it. It was very, very nice. And there's more, like, if the city is like this and the south is like, well, I've been looking at maps of where Lord of the Rings was filmed. Hopefully we get to go to Mount Doom, which is like 45 minutes or an hour south of where Maxie's friend Faye lives. So that'd be cool to see. But yeah, so that's what our uh, our future plans are, are going south. And I think we might be able to get into some of our first segments on the Good Day podcast. Yeah. Um, We're going to do... I say we do Animals of the Week yes. first. Yeah. And this is, a, this is a segment where we just go over the things we've seen this week. Yeah. And we felt kind of bad that we forgot to mention this last week because we saw so many wild cockatoos. Shout out to my mom. She's in love with yeah. cockatoos. Um, my favorite bird so far is the laughing kookaburra. The yes. sound they make is, uh, the first night we heard them, I thought there was like demons in the air because it just sounds crazy. Yeah. The the noise. Evil laugh. Is like an evil laugh. Yeah, but exactly. they're so cute. Their heads are fluffy. Yeah, they're they're <laughs> fluffy with long beaks and they we are. We saw very one cool. right near us. Yeah. And Man. then what else? Oh, I think I oh. had the highlight. Yes. Yeah. So, on. Um, when we were talking to the hosts of our last dog sit, the guy was like joking around and saying, oh yeah, you might be able to see like a wallaby here or there. And that's all I was looking for on this. Because the Manly Dam was where the biking trails and like where we walked the dog was. So on one of my last rides around the Manly Dam, I am riding up this fire road. And all of a sudden I see these two like super dark figures in the woods. And I stop. Two wallabies. The coolest things ever. I tried to whip out my phone. This is why no one can capture Bigfoot. Because just things move too fast. I try to whip out my phone and I hit my brakes a little too hard. And they hear me and then they jump off into the woods. So wallabies are just basically like small kangaroos kangaroos that are like darker in color. Yeah. But that was really cool to see. Another thing I saw was, I don't know if anyone's seen the video online of like, I think there's two people trying to kill a spider and the spider just looks like it's teleporting just because it moves so fast. And I opened up the garage door and there was probably a half dollar size spider and first attempt to kill it teleports. And I was like, oh no, I'm done. And then I eventually just throw a sandal at it and destroy that little spider. So I think that was my animal sightings of the week. Also, when I'm biking, there's just rustling in the woods. I see like these chipmunk things. I don't know. They might be big rats, but that's all I see in like in the little brushland of Australia is just things running around. But New Zealand doesn't seem like as much crazy wildlife. There's like nothing scary here, I guess. So Corey made me run down this very lush, (laughs) overgrown, very steep pathway from Mount Eden, which I was happy to do. Because I have an adventurous spirit at heart, but I'm also afraid of everything. So once I learned that New Zealand had nothing scary, I was like, sure, I'll run down this overgrown, sketchy trail. But in Australia, I would have never done that. Yeah, it was snake central in Australia, but fine in New Zealand. Um, not yet, though. We haven't seen any of those. Um, yeah, so those are the animals of the week. And- we also have an audience segment yeah so we asked our audience to submit some questions we got a few you guys really need to step it up and ask a few more 
Mm -hmm. We want you to partake in this podcast. But the first one is, what do you think the biggest difference in culture between America and Australia is since getting here? Ah, And I actually asked Corey this um, when we got the question submitted, and we both came up with the same exact answer, which was, I feel like we have to say it, but if you want to say something else right now, you can. Now you go. Okay. We both, Corey said it, I thought it in my head, the bare feet Oh yeah. Definitely. In grocery stores, banks, anywhere important, you can just go completely barefoot. Like in whole families too. Like the mom and like the three kids all barefoot. Yeah, everyone Disgusting. just letting them dogs out for free. I'm gonna start a uh, feet finder page and just upload <laughs> random Australians feet on it. Yeah. Might it's, it's socially acceptable to go anywhere barefoot. It's disgusting. Yeah, so <laughs> we were actually with talking to our uh, Australian correspondents, Cam and Sam, and we were asking them what is acceptable, what is not acceptable. And they're like, we're like, can you go into the doctor's office? No shirt, no shoes. And they're like, yeah. And then we're like, what, what can't you do? No shirt, no shoes. And they're like, maybe a place like uh, a club or like somewhere that requires that but like closed-toed shoes yeah so that's about it you can go anywhere no shirt no yeah. shoes and it's common which is cool to see so maybe i'll start assimilating and just go peel places barefoot yeah i actually got rejected from one of the old clubs we went to because um, we were in sandals because we were in sandals but we went to Those the glenmore foods. and that had a sick view on australia day but um is there anything else on that um no i think the restaurants are different but that was the glaring uh, cultural difference so far and just the way people talk like I know I mentioned it last week but like literally right after we recorded last week a mailman came and dropped off a package <laughs> and he was just like yo what's the name on that and I was like what and I was like yeah okay and he's like <laughs> no your name and I was like oh Corey but I don't know the understanding it's English but it's hard to understand which is very very strange yeah it's Bogan. Yeah. Um, and what was our other question? Kiana asked if we found her husband yet. And <laughs> I think that there's plenty of suitors. You were just down here recently. So I'm sure you've met some good guys. But you're always welcome to come back and visit us. Stay with us. And you'll have a second opportunity to meet your husband. Yeah, anyone wishing to visit us that is single, you'll probably meet your significant other down here. Yeah, so please, please, please come find love down here, down under. (laughs) Finding love down under. And visit us. (laughs) We could do a whole different podcast, Finding Love Down Under. Yeah, so I think... But we have a third question. What was it? Devin Hall asked, have you had to fight a kangaroo yet? Oh, that's a tough one. I mentally fought a bunch of kangaroos, but I haven't (laughs) seen any of them yet. So no fighting kangaroos not yet so we haven't really left the cities but today we're leaving the city and we're going to hamilton new zealand there will not be kangaroos here i don't think they have them in new zealand but we're gonna be exploring outside the cities from here on out a lot yeah so i think this next week is gonna just look like some hiking and we're gonna get to a cat sit which is gonna be really nice and we're gonna be in hamilton with the local new zealand family face family um, but I don't know if we're going to be able to post on time next week. Hopefully we can from the national park, but we'll see. It might not be on time. Yes. But, uh, I think that's it for this week, everybody. Thank you guys for listening and you guys are the best listeners in the world. 
Yes. Love you guys so much and have a good day. Have a good day.